Podcasts on WLRN are funded in part by Make-A-Wish Southern Florida, whose own podcast, World of Wishes, features inspiring, uplifting, and memorable stories from wish kids, their families, medical professionals, and more. You can listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is WLRN News. I'm Tim Paget, and this is the Latin America Report. For more than a century, Venezuela and Guyana have been arguing about where their border should be. Or more like, Venezuela has been complaining. That territorial dispute is erupting again. Guyana has been an independent country since 1966. Before that, it was a British colony. But last week, Venezuela's regime and its political opposition issued a highly unusual joint statement insisting that three-quarters of Guyana actually belongs to Venezuela. The dispute has been at the UN's World Court for three years now. Carl Greenidge is Guyana's former vice president and represents his country in this case. The claim by Venezuela on Guyana is not only absurd in terms of the basis of the claim, but in terms of the size of the claim. Guyana angrily called the latest statement an overt threat to our sovereignty and territorial integrity. It is not a logical story. It is to Venezuelans. Look at any map of Venezuela made in Venezuela. It includes an appendage called Zona en Reclamación, Zone in Reclamation. It's 61,000 square miles of Guyana west of the Essequibo River, El Essequibo. In the school, they would take points out if you didn't draw the Essequibo lines on the Venezuela map. Maria Alejandra Marquez grew up in Venezuela, convinced this region of Guyana belonged to her country. If you ask me to draw in a napkin a map of Venezuela, I would include it. Marquez is a Venezuelan exile and entrepreneur in Miami and no fan of Venezuela's socialist regime. In fact, she heads a nonprofit called INRAV that helps recover allegedly corrupt assets from that regime. Still, she understands Venezuela's efforts to regain the Essequibo territory from Guyana. Oiga, señor, Marquez remembers in the 1980s, when she was a teenager, the Venezuelan rock band Tempano scored a hit with the nationalistic song called El Esequibo. The chorus shouted, The Esequibo is mine, it's yours, it's Venezuelan land. my early 20s, I went to study in England and realizing that uh, nobody else outside Venezuela would include El Esequibo in the Venezuelan map was a shock. A shock for the Venezuelan diaspora, too. If you go to a rally in Miami about Venezuelan issues, you will see people selling stuff with the map of Venezuela, including that. Because we've been socialized, educated to understand there was an abuse of power to take it away from us. That abuse of power, they argue, happened in 1899, and the alleged abuser was Great Britain. Guyana was a colony at the time. It was known as British Guiana. Venezuela and British Guiana were at odds about their border, so international arbitrators set the map lines as we know them today. Luis Vicente León heads the Caracas polling firm Data Analysis. He says most Venezuelans, rightly or wrongly, have always felt the 1899 agreement wasn't valid. They still believe the arbitrators favored the powerful British Empire. For Venezuelans, that treaty never happened, León told me, because they believe the arbitrators cheated Venezuela out of the Essequibo territory in Guyana. There's also a memo from one of Venezuela's 1899 arbitration counselors, U.S. lawyer Severo Mallet-Prevost. 
His colleagues claimed he told them not to read the note until after he died. When they opened it in 1949, they said the memo revealed he did feel Venezuela had been cheated. The Guyanese have a word for that memo. A jumbie story. A jumbie is a sort of bogus ghost story meant to scare people, says Wesley Curtin. He's a former Guyanese diplomat and heads the Guyanese American Chamber of Commerce in Miami. Curtin says the real reason Venezuela kept claiming Guyana's Essequibo territory, the actual scare tactic, the Cold War, the Red Scare. Because of the emergence of Fidel Castro in Cuba in the early 1960s, the Americans at the time, in order to stem the possible flow of communism, they would encourage Venezuela to advance this claim against Guyana. Here's President John F. Kennedy visiting Caracas, Venezuela in 1961. The hardships in our own hemisphere show that liberty and economic progress go hand in hand. Recently declassified memos indicate JFK did secretly urge Venezuela to ramp up its demand for the Essequibo in Guyana. He hoped it would undermine British Guiana's leftist leader, Chetty Jagan, because he was a Castro sympathizer. And Curtin says it worked. Jagan, in 1964, lost the election to a more American-friendly party. Guyana won its independence from Britain two years later. But meanwhile, Venezuela's nationalist fervor about its claim to Guyanese territory had been rekindled. It was always kept on the psyche of the, of the Venezuelans. But why, five decades later, has Venezuela suddenly become so aggressive about its claim to three-quarters of another country? Two reasons. Domestic politics and oil. This is Capital News. More now on ExxonMobil's announcement of a significant oil discovery offshore Guyana. In 2015, ExxonMobil discovered potentially billions of barrels of crude oil off Guyana's coast. And those offshore waters are also part of Venezuela's territorial claim in Guyana. Venezuela's president, Nicolas Maduro, had found a scapegoat for his country's catastrophic economic collapse. Now, he said, Venezuela was being cheated out of oil wealth in Guyana. He called it a high-intensity conflict. Maduro even started rattling sabers, using his navy to harass Guyanese and ExxonMobil ships. So the UN has now thrown the Venezuelan-Guyana border issue to the world court. A ruling is expected in a few years. Wesley Curtin, from the Guyanese-American Chamber of Commerce in Miami, says Guyana is even more resolved not to back down now. Guyanese, we have a sense of nationalism and national pride, and we believe you know, the country shouldn't be robbed of any of its landmass or maritime space particularly at this time when we see that economic potential that we were yearning for for years. Venezuela faces more than a high legal hurdle. There's also international public opinion. A century ago, Venezuela could say it was the small underdog facing the British Empire. Today, the roles seem reversed. Guyana is in fact four times smaller in size than Venezuela. Its GDP is eight times smaller. Carl Greenidge is the Guyanese diplomat representing Guyana at the world court. Guyana is the party that confronts a power that is far greater than Guyana. As a tiny state, we have no protection. Therefore, we have an interest in international law and order being respected. Should the world court rule in Guyana's favor, it seems unlikely Venezuela will accept it. For Venezuelans, for more than 100 years, this isn't just about international law but nationalist emotion. 
I'm Tim Paget in Miami. This is WLRN News. Podcasts on WLRN are funded in part by Make-A-Wish Southern Florida, whose own podcast, World of Wishes, features inspiring, uplifting, and memorable stories from wish kids, their families, medical professionals, and more. You can listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.